2: Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show. Tom's outside the door yakking and, you know, what he does on the telephone. I'm here with... Doug Sprinthal. Alex Rampenard-Rasmussen. And
1: Andy Rampenard.
2: And we will be right back after these messages.
3: I want to do a live. Yes, Walzer. we were just. Go oh, ahead, Catherine. Oh,
2: oh. Yes, he, no, he just came back, so oh. we we're just going oh, okay, to start a live here. Walzer Perfect commercial without timing. you.
3: Yeah, you haven't even started yet. We, yes, we started. We started. This well, is the you, commercial. Why Stop you do talking. We did the Walzer commercial.
4: Well, we did the Bradshaw and Brian oh. first. So now we're doing Walzer. Oh. So I want to talk for a moment about how Walzer sells cars. Upfront pricing. You can see it on the website. You can see it on the windshield of Every Cars. You don't have to go through the song and dance. And This seems like the way you should buy stuff, but I'm experiencing getting bids on a bathroom remodel in the last week and a half, and it's unbelievable. You get grilled by the appointment center. Now uh, is there a Mrs. Smithell? Yes. Uh, What's her name? How do you spell that? Now she needs to be there when the consultant comes. So it's basically they just try to power close you right there. And how much were you expecting to spend on this project? Well, you know, if I knew how to remodel a bathroom, yeah. I'd be able to give you a, a number, but I was thinking somewhere between $20 and a million. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you fit me in there? It's just, it's amazingly frustrating. And cars are, are oftentimes that way in traditional negotiating dealer. But when Walzer went one price 20 years ago, we've never looked back because it's the way people want to buy stuff. So if you need a bathroom remodeled, uh, you're, out of luck. If you want to buy a car fast and fair, go to Walzer Automotive at Walzer.com.
3: He already did the tag Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Well, I figured you in. were
4: on the phone again.
3: <laughs> no, no. You know, I'll tell you when we get back to the show.
1: She can kill with a smile. She can wound
4: with her eyes.
3: So you she kicked off the show at uh, win 11:17. Win is
1: that right? Uh about
3: that this is the very beginning of the show here now i can't tell you who it is or whatever but i i got a call and i'm really glad they called me but one of my favorite people in the world is retiring at a very young age and i'm really gonna miss him but i can't tell you who it is yet
2: you said doug sprinthal oh. doug sprint he said young age <laughs> yeah, well, you're exactly. youngish <laughs> I started my seventh
4: decade already so
3: but it was very nice of the the people to call me and tell me about it cuz I didn't know and and I thought and I heard it was like no. Mm-hmm. But God bless him. Uh you know, he 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 uh he's going to retire eventually and, and very very soon actually, but it just I'm I'm glad they called and told me. I really am. It was nice. You know what I mean? Mhm indeed and you guys all know who it is too as a matter of fact
2: i really can't wait to hear mm. the
3: you secret know. Uh, I'll mike tell you molina. in about a week
4: mm. yeah mike molina <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> struggling rich in new york city. 26. he's
4: going to retire in his hundreds
1: no.
2: <laughs> yeah even if you <laughs> had and millions
1: in, in new york city good luck especially yeah, if you're yeah, going to retire for what you know you retire at the age of 30 you got probably at least a good 50 years ahead of you 50 years how long how long how much money does it take to live for in New York City for 50 years? Well, it's oh, two
4: million a year that's yeah,
1: uh exactly. yeah. <laughs> A little 100 million dollars, but other than that
3: it's good. Don't worry about a thing. Everything'll work out in the end. Uh, isn't it amazing now that every every story now is a billion or a trillion dollars? You don't even mention
1: millions anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, inflation, <laughs> I mean, if you look at the amount God. of money just like even 50 years ago, Let's see here. I want to get my numbers right, but people don't often uh, really realize how much. Well, 1970, money you could buy
4: a brand new car, not a particularly <laughs> nice one, for around two grand.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Two grand then would be about 14,000 now. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's only 50 years ago. Money has devalued almost seven times almost seven wow. times I've wow.
4: got some shirts that are almost that old that still <laughs> <laughs> I still they've shrunk have shirts a bit
3: though <laughs> Oh, they shrunk in the like like in the uh, you know certain areas. I think
4: they actually did shrink cuz I oh, have my yeah. uh, Marshall University high school warm-up basketball jersey and Sarah can wear it and it fits pretty good. Wow. Now I was skinny in high school, but Not I was still small. 6'3", yeah. so
0: Yeah.
1: I just recently threw away my Dapper Dawn shirt in Florida. Oh, oh boy. my I,
2: God, you wore that to death. I'm pretty yeah, sure I got it when did. I was like
1: 13 years old, and I threw it away mm. when I was probably <laughs> 32, 31, and it still fit. It still fit perfectly. I tried to find a new one because it was such a good shirt, but they, I don't. I have no idea where it's even from.
2: I don't remember. I remember that. when you used to wear that down in Florida mm, yep. and all the... All the New York Italians would look at you, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What?
3: The Dapper Don, baby, because it was the actual mafia yeah, Don at know. the time. So it
2: wasn't
1: like you know yeah. Don Corleone or anything yeah. like that. No, it
3: was it? Was it was uh, John Gotti, wasn't it? Yeah, I yeah. think so. I think yeah. I, th- yeah. I mm-hmm. believe that's true in any he was case, the but Don. Uh, you know, he was the Dapper mm-hmm. Don, ladies and gentlemen. No question about it. So, did I hear Alex making noise? Yeah. I'm here. You showed up. I
0: ventured out. My fever
2: broke overnight, so here I am. Her self-imposed uh, isolation is broken,
0: I guess. Well, it's not really self-imposed. It was virus-imposed. Oh, well, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed yes.
2: to stay home when you're sick, people. You sure oh, you, don't, Everybody. you
4: don't go on a cruise ship?
2: Yeah, not yeah. typically, but,
0: yeah. you know. Boy,
4: how would you like to be in the cruise ship business right oh now? Oh, my God. Yeah. I know oh somebody, my God.
0: I was at Sage's school <laughs> this morning, and Jamaica's just turning all cruise ships away. They're like, nope, don't want any of them, and now Mexico's starting to turn everything away. You know
4: when Jamaica turns money away that it's got to be <laughs> yeah, bad?
0: it's got, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. not- can
1: you imagine uh, coronavirus <laughs> gets loose in that country? You know, it's, yeah. They've they the got country. enough problems already.
2: Uh, any uh, country.
1: <sighs> I I really hope that uh, our
3: two political parties will stop fighting over the coronavirus because it shows really, really poor leadership. It's shut up and do your
2: job. Nancy Pelosi finally said something I agree with. She actually said we need to stop uh, spreading panic Mm. and start working on solutions together i mean that's the first time she's ever said anything that i agree with i
4: heard a story about her yesterday she went to chinatown and visited a whole bunch of restaurants and said you know we support you because uh, apparently nobody's going to chinatown in uh, san francisco anymore. Right. they're all freaked yeah. out so i thought that, i, I admire that that was that was one of my problems with mark dayton if you remember the big anthrax scare the mm-hmm. early yep. 2000s when he closed his office and yep. said everybody get out of here i'm like Wait a minute! You're a U.S. senator. Uh-huh. You got a lead yeah. from the front. Yeah. So good to see her do that. Hats off to her.
5: Yeah.
2: Well, he was
3: hiding under yes. his desk. Remember? Yeah.
2: Finally. Yeah.
5: He was
3: hiding under his desk. You forgot well, to take your medication, Mister Senator. I don't
2: think he was right. <coughs> right
3: no, head, no, he was not no, thinking clear. Think right. No.
2: No, he wasn't right.
3: But no. <clears throat> we'll keep an eye on the whole situation. Uh, I got to believe the United States will handle it the way they ha- handled the Ebola and SARS and all the rest of them. I'm assuming the we will band together Democrats and Republicans. Swine H1 flu, all 1. of it. Exactly. We've had a few of these And of course, Bernie, Bernie Sanders is the one being the biggest prick about it. What a shock. Uh, he, he, did you hear what he said? And look, no. I, you know, it's all well and good, but this is the coronavirus. It's, it's rather important. He said, yeah, that's right, President Trump. Give it to uh, Mike Pence, a guy who tried to pray away HIV.
2: Like, you know, you know I, was a little, I watched
4: that, that press conference, and I was a little concerned uh. that he had Mike do it. It's like he's never put him in charge of anything. It's <laughs> a little I bit know. scary. And Pence looked know, like, oh, yeah. Thanks. Um, Yeah, I'll go tell the big kid in the corner to mind his own business.
2: (laughs) I I, I mean, I used to be able to tolerate Bernie, but now uh, I just, you know, the state of constant outrage, and he's just, I I don't, why do people like him? I don't get it. He's he's crabby.
3: He is crazy.
2: He's uh, self-important. And he thinks that he's the savior of the universe, and I don't know what qualifies him as the savior of the universe. Free stuff. Well, you have to
4: to run Burlington, Vermont first, and then you can save the
3: universe. (laughs) I guess that's the path to
4: to, uh, surviving.
2: I just don't get it.
3: I don't either, but my favorite, uh, though, is that Catherine... Before you bring up subjects like that, you got to look around the room because that all has to do with literacy. He praised uh, Fidel Castro because of <laughs> literacy. And Doug doesn't know how to read. So could you <laughs> not talk about it? I when heard Doug's in I, studio? I was
4: listening to a lot of public radio yesterday, and they had a oh professor of Cuban studies on. And I thought, oh boy, mm-hmm. here we go. The guy made a really good point because the, the interviewer brought up Bernie and the literacy in Castro. And he goes, sure. well,. Uh, Sanders is, is exactly right. They did uh, start that program, and they have 100% literacy in Cuba as a result. But what he doesn't realize is that the reason Castro did it is so he could indoctrinate all the kids to Marx's philosophy. And they, he said they That's, would teach him you know, F as, as in Fidel, C as in Castro, blah, 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 great. blah. And I thought,
2: this okay. Is common knowledge.
4: Yep. I didn't expect I, I didn't. it to hear it on public radio, well, <laughs> No, Well,
2: that's true. No, but
1: it's true. Yep. I mean, yeah, is good. Cuba is good. isn't exactly a shining beacon of success, no matter who you are. No. So. No.
2: Yeah, it's it's hilarious because, I mean, I, you read all this stuff, and I've been to quite a few socialist slash communist countries. And <laughs> it's not good. I mean it, you know I mean I went to the People's, people's Republic pe-
4: of Austin, Texas and that was a pretty cool place. There
3: you go. Yeah, there you go. Great, Great music. That's, that's a fact by the way.
2: I mean it's just not good. I mean it's people are suffering mightily under these yep. dictatorships it's not good
3: hey listen just cuz you had to kill 100,000 people or so what's the difference
2: I just I, I mean it's like people don't go anywhere they're just, they sit there and they think that every other country's got this Shangri-La existence yep. and that everybody's yeah, they just they so happy because they have free mm-hmm. health care well they have free health care in india but you have to bribe the doctors you have to pay you have to bring in your own food you have to bribe everybody to get any care well, it's the same but thing as like free New York healthcare. That,
1: well. <laughs> yeah. Well, the three doctors treating 30 million people? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, it, it's you know, insane. any other country's view toward America is going to be either America is like, you know, um, <laughs> murder capital of the world where everyone dies of a broken finger or it's where you go to land on the soil and instantly get handed a million dollars and become king yeah you know those are the two views of america and that's that's just how people view the world outside what they know they view it as like a cartoon of what it actually is
4: that was one of my favorite scenes in Scarface when pacino you know stumbles up to the beach in miami and there's somebody in a chaise lounge that mistakes him for a waiter and hands him a $100 pill.
5: <laughs>
0: free money. <laughs> well, the thing about, like, you know, I have one of my dearest friends lives in England, and she... They have free healthcare and there. Yes. <clears throat> and she is like... The difficult thing about free healthcare is everyone goes in for everything. Yep,
1: that's the problem.
0: She's like, the waits are extremely long everywhere you go, all of the time, because everybody's like, oh, I might as well get it checked mm-hmm. out. It's free. Or when people pay for healthcare, it's like, oh, well, I don't want to go in for every little thing because it'll cost me whatever and all this stuff. And people run more tests, which take more time. And all this stuff. And then she's like, and then people that like her grandpa was trying to get a hip replacement and they rescheduled it because the hospital reschedules it because they have to put priority surgeries first. Hard
4: surgery, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, Transplants and yeah. And he they rescheduled it, I think like seven times. So he got his surgery I think almost a year after he was supposed to get it. Mm. Whereas now it's just like I need this. I'll pay you here. Yeah. You know, and there's no. Mm-hmm. So she's like, and he, she's like, he's an elderly man that can't walk. But since you know, other yeah. people have more important things. Which, yes, heart tra- like transplants and heart surgeries and stuff like that are more important than hip replacement. It's not life or death, but he still deserves care. So right. I don't know. There's no perfect system, obviously, but
2: well, that's exactly right. It's like if, if one of these brilliant politicians, that's the savior of the universe had a plan and could show everybody this wonderful, fabulous plan, we could all look at it and be oh my god you are the savior of the universe yay you and then we'd all be able to vote for a person that knows how to fix health care because it's it is screwed up it should not cost what it costs to get well and the sad thing is that it's insane
4: the number of medical people that file bankruptcy for medical bills in this country that's that's terrible (laughs) it's like 60 or seventy thousand a year
3: yeah. Well, once again, media is going to have to step up and get their job done because if you've ever watched the uh, the national news on any channel, every commercials for a pharmaceutical company. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh! Every one of them.
0: I've watched a lot of TV the last four days because I've been sick and just laying around a lot when the kids are napping or after they went to bed or whatever. And yeah, so many pharmaceutical commercials. I was like, this is just ridiculous.
4: Here's the biggest yeah, so screw basically. job about that because, you know, the argument <clears> is, well, they, you know, they have to charge a lot because they spend all this money in research and development. Do you know right. where about 25% of that money comes from? The U.S. government?
0: <laughs> yeah. We pay oh, for, you know,
4: I know.
3: It's a screw job top it to bottom. It is ridiculous. The very people that are saying we have to do something about health care are charging millions of dollars for commercials.
4: I, I think so maybe
3: you should be the first one to take a hit.
4: I think this is the central question, and I'm sure people, uh-huh. and it really started during the Nixon administration. It was one of these things with long-term consequences. Do you think, think that, it, even if you're a capitalist, which I happen to be, I believe in business and the right to make you know ethical profits. Uh-huh. Do you believe that the healthcare uh, <laughs> industry is entitled to make profits, or do you think it's a human right? Because if you answer that question, then you can kind of go backwards from there. But I don't think we as a country have answered that question.
2: Yeah.
3: Did you hear Ralph on Tuesday? No. There was Ralph Basham, Doctor Ralph Basham said there are at least a couple of uh, companies in Minnesota uh, involved in healthcare business that make a. Trillion dollars a year.
4: Oh, I'm sure. Well, Medtronic's would be yeah. one of them. Yeah. Or Medtronic. I would that's
3: true. Mm-hmm. Do you really need to make that much money? Really, you need to make that much, huh? Well, is that revenue well,
1: I mean, I guess or is y- that gross or, or net? Because that's a major uh, whatever. Well, it's not net. Nobody's netting a trillion dollars. I you,
4: wouldn't think. Even
3: if Maybe it was just are. revenue,
4: that's anymore. still pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Some's gonna that's fall a lot on of money,
4: you,
3: man. So, look, the companies themselves, the, the broadcast outlets, because radio doesn't run pharmaceutical commercials. You'll hear one once in a while, you know, like a blue chew. Yeah, I was uh, just you know, going to say,
4: yeah. Yeah, all you guys run are boner commercials.
1: <laughs>
3: oh, right. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> but, yeah, radio doesn't run the pharmaceutical commercials. And the reason for that is there's about a 20-second disclaimer on every one of them. And when you got a picture, you can just put it up on the screen. But on, on audio, somebody would have to read it.
4: And that's oh, why yeah, they advertise
3: right. on the radio.
4: I hadn't thought so of that. All, that, of these,
3: that yeah, all of these businesses need to step up and say, we need to cut back, whether it's the TV stations, the networks, the companies themselves, whatever. We all need to cut way back so people can afford health care. That would take care of the problem today.
4: <coughs> yeah, I think you're uh, right. If it was affordable, I don't think that there would be this rush to find either socialized medicine or whatever I mean if it was what it was percentage wise even 20 years ago, I think people would go, eh, okay, I can live with yep. that. It's crazy.
2: Well, that's exactly what Obamacare was supposed to be doing. They were going to cap the profits yep. and do all this stuff, and now they're making more money than ever. They so how it did it that yet. happen? Because I'm telling you, it's all corruption. It Everybody's all corruption. getting their pockets filled with cash, and we're just we yep. just can't figure that out or find out about it because no one's talking about it because everybody gets paid off. That is my opinion.
3: We have to take a break and be right back in a couple of minutes with the family.
5: LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your
3: individual outcome potential. Yeah, Andy's Mr. Adult Contemporary now. Mm-hmm.
5: I love
3: James Taylor. Me
2: too. I
4: play every once in a while with a friend of mine. Keep it up, Andy, and I'll point some out. There's a... There's a little chord trill that he plays all the time. You'll hear it right here. Mm. That little lick, he plays that all the time. So I'll just throw it in on every song that we play. (laughs) 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 And go, James Taylor! (laughs) For musicians, it's a suspended fourth that then resolves itself.
3: (laughs) Hey, did you get to work yet? On I'm not lonely all. I
4: actually have been thinking about it since you called last <laughs> night. So what we have to Good. do?
0: Don't tell people your plan. Well, he's no, no, no,
4: talked they can't about steal it on it. the on the morning show already, so we've got it. Oh. It's copyrighted in a sense. So what yes, we need to do, and you can you do it? I, I'm flying to Colorado on Sunday for a uh, coronavirus convention. No, yeah. I'm doing some consulting. <laughs> so I was going to sit on the plane and start writing, but. So we just got to think of things that will, different lines that will go right before I'm not lonely enough. I'm not lonely enough. So it's like, I love it, man. And then we can write it backwards the from there. It'll be really fun. But I, 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 had, I thought about it after you called. and uh, Speaking of which, I watched the first episode of uh, Hunters.
3: Oh, yeah, you, you told me you
4: were I, do that. I really liked it a lot. It was great. Uh, I, one of my
0: friends was just like, "Is anybody else watching Hunters?" Like, Al
4: Pacino playing is. a Jewish uh, Nazi hunter. Oh, and convincingly, oddly enough. Oh, huh. interesting.
1: Um, we have Davy Knowles on
3: the phone. Davy Knowles, ladies and gentlemen, at 32 years of age, Isle of Man-born guitarist, singer, songwriter Davy Knowles can now add mascot recording artist to his long list of already impressive achievements. Yeah, I saw that uh, the release on that. As a matter of fact, Davey, how you doing? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm doing very well. How are you guys? Things are good. The New Hope Cinema Grill and Outtakes Bar, 2749 Winnetka Avenue. Uh, tickets uh, 20 bucks in advance, 25 at the door. Um, I That's uh, coming up on March 7th, as a matter of fact. That was, that's uh, a week from Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's a week sounds, from Saturday, right? Sounds good. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that I got it. Because well, See, the problem with uh, We Americans is that every election year is a leap year. So you try to wipe it out of your mind that it, if you admit that it's a leap year and there's a 29th of February, then you have to admit you're going to have to listen to these politicians run their mouths. Yeah, I never like, thought oh, about that God. before. Hmm. Oh, you didn't? No. Well, they, yeah, they, 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 they have the elections in, in the leap year so they yeah, can annoy true. you for at least another 24 hours.
4: Let's talk about music, so. not politics. <laughs>
2: <Maybe>. <laughs> yes, please, Anybody. Just,
3: I just wanted to get the date right for Davey Knowles, <laughs> March 7th, a week from Saturday, 8 p.m., New Hope Cinema Grill. Now, Dougie, you should talk about music.
4: You know, it's funny. I, I didn't realize he was going to be on, but Jerry Eaton, who's the manager of New Hope Cinema Grill, who also works for us, has been raving about you for six months. He says, you've got to see this guy. you got to listen to him. And I, I, I pulled up some of your cuts last time I talked to him. And you can play.
5: Well, thanks very much. Yeah, Thank no, it's very sweet
4: to Jerry. Too. You you have fans in the uh, Great White North. I mean, it's Minnesota. <laughs> it's not a little off the beaten track, but we have a bit of a music scene, and I played for years as well. Oh, so man. let me ask you a couple of questions, if you don't mind. Who are oh, this me is a too. traditional sort of stupid music interview uh, question, but Nate, tell me who are some of your uh, uh, who, who inspired you? What guitar players do you like? Who do you dig?
5: Oh man. <laughs> Um, I, I grew up uh, kind of worshipping Mark Knopfler That was, you know, he was the reason that I wanted to play guitar Yeah um, When I was 11, I, I heard "Sultans of Swing And immediately wanted to rush out and buy a headband and, <laughs> you know, just, just immediately trying to become Mark Knopfler
4: I spent um, the uh, summer of 1977 uh, learning that second solo That's, oh, uh, It, it takes a while And even if you're at yeah. decent, it doesn't sound very good <laughs> It's like he's oh, such a great it's, guitar it's player.
5: It's just one of those things that only Martin Offler can do, you yep. know. It's uh it just it has to be him. But um yeah, and then and then the whole the whole British blues boom as well, kind of uh Early Clapton and uh Peter Green Fleetwood Mac and and Paul Kossoff from Free. Um and then uh, Rory Gallagher is a huge influence for me too. Oh yeah. You
4: just named yeah. almost all of my favourite guys, although you skipped over <laughs> Jeff Beck for some reason, but
5: yeah, that, that, that whole kind of uh, 60s, early 70s scene, a
4: little later with Rory, that, that's, that's my favorite. That's awesome. That that's awesome. That really was the golden age of guitar playing. But you're young. Yeah. I mean, it's, there aren't as oh. many. Uh, this sounds like get off my lawn. But I don't <laughs> think, you know, that was an age where there were just tons of great players. And, and you don't see as many anymore. Um, and I don't know why that yeah. is. Maybe it's fallen out of fashion a little bit. I'm not sure. What do you think?
5: Yeah, well, I, I think they're there. I, th- I think um, I feel constantly threatened and humiliated uh, by by great by great guitar players. Um, but I, I think it's more of a um, an underground kind of thing. I don't think, you know, all of those bands were in the charts back in the day. Yeah. You know, they they were they were pop stars and rock stars. And I think that kind of music has has fallen into more of a folk music kind of scene and, and and more of a you know just a. A smaller, more underground community, rather than right at the forefront. But I, I think it's definitely
4: still there. Well, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I would agree to an extent. And I guess when you think about it, the pop charting thing probably is what made the big difference. Uh, it's all pop music and stuff now, where it used to be rock and rock and blues and stuff like that. And there are some great, great young guitar players. I'm a big uh, fan of Derek Trucks. I, I watch him play, oh, and I yeah. just, I just want to quit. It's like, yeah. You know, yeah, I might
5: as oh, well give yeah. it up. And then you've got guys like uh, like Gary Clark Jr., who who I think is carrying on that tradition in a in a commercial way uh, as well, and in a wonderful way. And uh, same with uh, Marcus King, and even the Black Keys. You know, they had a they had a number one album last year, and that's a, a guitar based band with you know where blues influence on their sleeves. So I, I think it's I think it's still bubbling under. It's cool
4: yeah john mayer gets ripped a lot but he's a he's a great guitar player he writes some schmaltzy tunes but he is (laughs) about as good as they get i think
5: oh i agree yeah absolutely
4: yeah tom i'll shut up i'm sorry i hijacked the entire interview but i just when i (laughs) realized who this guy was i'm like oh yay this is going to be fun
3: no 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 no. (laughs) i just want to mention one thing and then i want to hear you two talk again because you guys are both really good players but an extensive tour schedule has ensured in, he has put uh, in more than his 10,000 hours on the road. You ready for the appearances uh, there, Doug? I'm ready. Davey Knowles has appeared with The Who, Jeff Beck, Government Mule, Leonard Skinner, Kid Rock, Joe Bonamassa, Sonny Landreth, Peter Frampton, Joe Satriani, <laughs> and Sammy Hagar's group Chickenfoot. Pretty good uh, Pretty good crowd you got there, uh, Davey. Uh, I feel
5: very lucky. That's feel not a bad yep. list.
4: <laughs> I'm going to see somebody that you may not know of, but you should look him up if you've never heard of him. He's a guy from Milwaukee. His name is uh, uh, Greg Koch, K-O-C-H. I, I know Greg very well. Oh, you do? I, oh, yeah. I bought oh, a Fender God, you... Supersonic after watching one of his demos on YouTube a couple of years ago. The guy is about, yeah. what, 6'6 six, six or 6'7? Six, I think he calls
5: himself Mansquatch.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah. he plays any style like, like lightning and he's funnier yeah. than hell he's just he's just so much fun to play he's playing at the blues at uh, the blues lounge the fine line on yeah. friday he and his son and then a uh, keyboard player so i'm excited to see him
5: play yeah no, he's 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 scary good and like you say just hilarious so quick-witted i mean you can't keep up he's uh
4: he's brilliant sorry we're plugging another show but i him to see no, yours no, as no. well
5: <laughs> It's all good. We're all in it
4: together. So you played with Jeff Beck? Uh,
5: yeah, I, I did a tour with him uh, for about a month. I think that was
4: 2009. Wow. Yeah. I've seen yeah, him that many bad. times over the years. I, I recently, in an f- online forum, somebody posted it was an old guitar player interview with Jeff and Stevie Ray Vaughan, um, wow. and they asked... Uh, Jeff a lot uh, about the early '70s albums, blow by blow, and on that stuff, he hated it. He goes, "I never wish I'd recorded it. They were terrible. It wasn't what I was into." <laughs> and and for me, they're some of my favorite Jeff Beck albums. I was really, and I just read this the other day. It was very interesting.
5: I think I think that's what makes him, you know, so undeniably him is is that he's so dissatisfied with whatever he's doing that, you know, he strives to do something else constantly. And I think that's that's what he's done since the Yardbirds. All the way through to to right now, you know, he's he had a little dabble with with electronic music. He's he's always trying to kind of push himself, and I think I think it's that that kind of uh, unhappiness with, with where he's at that that keeps him going. I think.
4: One of my favorite clips of him, uh, he's playing um, uh, it's a Ray Charles tune. Ah, uh, the name's escaping me, but it's live with Jules Holland. You know, you're a great oh. musician when, at the end of the song, the entire band stands up and gives you a cheer.
5: Yeah,
4: <laughs> drowning, drowning in my own tears. Oh wow, wow,
5: unbelievable. I, you know, yeah, I, I, mean, gotta, I, I just, again, that that whole Jules Holland crowd was. Uh, just being able to be introduced to so many artists by, by Jules Holland. How did
4: how did he get that? For those of you that don't know, he was the keyboard player in Squeeze, and yeah. he had this uh, uh, English TV show called Live with Jules Holland, and he'd get yeah. not just one good band, he'd have three or four in every show, and he would walk yeah. up, and he always had this signature way of introducing, and he'd just yell in the microphone, and now, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Beck! <laughs> and he'd just sit down, and he's a good piano player, too. <laughs> But how did he? Oh, set, yeah, how did yeah. that it, ever it, get started?
5: Yeah, well, I think I think the big thing was squeeze, and then he had in the eighties a, a, a TV, a music TV show. I think it was called The Tube, um, and I think he got fired for that for, for swearing on the BBC, <laughs> which was uh, <laughs> I think it's still you know a punishable by death offence. And um, I uh, I think he lost that show, and then he started later with Jules, and that that just took off. I mean, it was. Really, the only um, TV, uh, apart from Top of the Pops, um, kind of a uh, t- t- you know TV DJ, if you like, someone who introduced you to music. Yeah. So, so in one show, really show, you'd have Paul guy.
4: McCartney, and then this unknown yeah. singer, uh, English girl named Adele, who was like
5: seventeen. Like, <laughs> How <laughs> right. did you find uh, her? Right.
4: And wh- you get her on the same show as Paul McCartney. It was just great. Yeah.
5: No, he's he's. Uh, we're lucky to have him. He introduced so many in artists to, uh, uh, to the
3: audience over there, for sure. You know, Doug, I do have to point something out. I, I,
5: I did, uh, you know,
3: I, I can I can add and subtract, which I'm very proud of, Davey, as a matter of fact, <laughs> being able to subtract. You walked on stage with Jeff Beck when you were 21 years old?
5: That sounds were you about terrified? 22, yeah, 21, 22, yeah.
3: Were you scared
5: to death, Mike? Oh, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, think, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's terrifying, those kinds of situations. But in the same breath, I, I think you you just... Um, survival instincts take us a little bit. And, and you just kind of put your head down and work as hard as you can and, and, and try and uh, just, just do your very, very best. And, and that's all you really can do. And then the other side of that is just look around you, listen, and, and absorb like a sponge. Um, that's wonderful. Uh,
3: Did that's you just he pretend
4: he me. was Nigel Tufnell and start laughing inside?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. There you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, Davey Knowles. It is March 7th, a week from Saturday, March 7th, 8 p.m. New Hope Cinema Grill. You can just go to cinemagrill.com slash live music slash Davy Knowles with a K, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Davey Knowles, thank you so much for your time. Great talking to you. But once again, my new hero, at least... For the, for the rest of this year, a 21 year old kid walks on stage with Jeff Beck, and <laughs> I got to talk to him 11 years later. Man, that's wonderful. I'm
4: I'm going to I'm going to check you out. I will I'll, I'll meet you on March 7th. I'm excited to hear
3: oh, you play. Oh, lovely. Oh
5: well, thanks very much. Great. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you.
3: Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Dave. You Have a great day, sir. Bye. Bye. I I did that, man. I'm like, what he. He was on stage with Jeff Beck, one of the greatest guitar players ever born, when he was 21.
4: Yeah, that's amazing.
3: I was thinking, hey, I can go to the bar and drink legally now. <laughs> that's what I was doing when I was 21. Oh, right? <laughs> A little different. Although, uh, remember what happened on my 21st birthday?
4: Well, none of us were remember
3: alive. <laughs> oh, when I was 21? Yeah, okay, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, in the state of Minnesota on my 21st birthday November 7th my 21st birthday Prohibition they dropped the drinking 18. age to 18
0: Oh mm. that's bad
4: You know I was a few I'm a few <laughs> years younger than you and I kind of chased it because they dropped it to 18 and I got close to 18 and didn't they bump it up to 19
3: Yes and yep.
4: then I, so I was like just trying to grab the life preserver and then they moved it up to, I had to wait till I was 21 <laughs>
5: oh gee yeah now they're they, changing
0: they, they, they the they're changing the smoking age to 21. Yep, yeah, i think they already did
1: <laughs> yeah is this that's minnesota right it. now federal or is it federal i think it's federal
3: huh well, it could could it to 121 how about that so nobody uh, smokes yeah, seriously. Uh, how about yeah. that action
4: although in the 70s all they required for an id to buy beer was a five dollar bill yeah, They would really. usually get the oh, job that's
3: then. true uh yeah
1: that's they true. changed it to 21 <laughs> in december yeah. merry christmas well, I technically, remember standing at the old. It's just to pur- purchase tobacco. but That's you know, true. Well, yeah. yeah. A,
3: that is very, very true. In any case, we do have to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. Your mother disappeared. I don't know where she went. That's a great
0: question. She's
3: off wandering around. We'll be right back with the family.
1: Finally, a song I've actually heard. And of course, it's Rhinestone Cowboy. (laughs) Singing the same old song.
3: Remember we had his wife and two daughters in studio just before he died? It was very, very sad that Glenn Campbell was dying and his family came in to do the podcast.
4: Mm -hmm. And what was the last song that he wrote? Was it like... I won't remember you or something like that. Yeah, something like that. that. It was just really... Wrenching. I'm
1: not going to miss you, I think. Uh, I think that's what it was. Something like that because, well,
3: yeah. Something I'm not going to miss you because I <clears throat> won't know you're alive or something. Yeah, it, it was, oh, God. It sounds terrible. Talking about Glenn Campbell oh, when, yep. when Glenn Campbell passed away, Catherine.
2: Oh, okay.
3: And he's playing the greatest uh, <laughs> uh, adult contemporary hits of all time. Mm-hmm. Glen Campbell? <laughs> well, he's <laughs> not anti. Eh,
0: he's good. Uh,
3: he was fine. I always liked Glenn Campbell.
4: I got I got to give a uh, shout out to somebody if I can really quickly. I got a uh, a package here and it turned out to be a book from Charlie in Albuquerque, and it's really cool. It's called The World's Worst Cars. <laughs> so thanks, really? Charlie, if you're oh, listening. Really? I really appreciate it. I'll put, send you a message on Facebook as well. But thank you. It's uh, I've been fl- I flipped through it before we went on the air and it's really pretty interesting and it's going to be a, a coffee table staple.
3: In the, so the world's worst cars yep was the Hupmobile in there you
4: know there's a lot of them it's and a pretty they, thick they, book they, it is a thick book and they're great <laughs> pictures <laughs> it's a large book so I'm going to spend probably the next couple of days reading it I took up reading on vacation do you know that they have things like books and you can just sit on a beach and read them Hmm. Yes. I, I'd forgotten all about that. that. I hadn't
1: I done it in a long time. Have no idea what you're talking can about. Can you turn actually, the brightness up to make uh, make up for the sun? Two books. Mm-hmm. On I, vacation. That's unfathomable <laughs> to me. God, I. Well, I don't take remember. vacations.
0: I take trips with my children. Ah, I,
1: see. Yes, I can't yeah, even yeah, remember exactly. the last time it's I actually not a vacation picked with up children. a book. God, it's probably been 15 years.
0: If I pick up a book, I can read it very quickly.
1: I've always been a fast reader.
0: Like instead of I have not. <laughs> you know? I used to be the slowest reader ever, and I don't know. Hmm. I guess it's just from reading so much on my phone. I'm constantly That's, reading, you know. There is that, yeah. But now I can like just blow through a book in like three yeah. days. Mm-hmm. If I I think intentionally college sit down and read it. College. College
2: ruined reading for me.
1: Oh
0: my
2: because God. They, yeah, because you're forced have to have read. No.
1: Yeah,
0: I just You're never
2: forced to read this. so much crap that doesn't make any difference in your life or even sometimes what the subject matter is. I you remember just are, you know,
1: when I was in college and like late high school, because, you know, you'd know that I have, I was reading basically, you know, since I was six years old, <laughs> I just constantly read. I would read a book every night. I would read yeah, a book. Yeah, you love to read. And mm-hmm. then I got, yeah, I got into college and they'd have me read things and it's like. This is English, but I don't know what the hell they're saying because they're, like they, they have you read books that are so old that the language is really outdated, but then they never explain. Like Shakespeare is has that problem really bad. I can understand what he's saying right. now, but when I was 18 years old yeah. and I tried to read Shakespeare, oh, I'm like, no. what on earth is he even saying? And the teacher... Well, that's Wouldn't, why you need,
4: if you're reading that stuff, you really should buy an annotated version because you've you got the notes right on yeah. there. And you go, okay, that's because if it doesn't make sense, it's no fun.
1: Well, and yep. he is a very, very complex. He put, like, <clears throat> puns yeah, regarding things that haven't that. existed mm-hmm. in 800 years, and it's like you can't possibly know what he's talking about unless you have it explained to you, which kind of ruins it, but, you know. Whatever. yeah well, right. yeah it's seventeenth
4: century jokes. It's, yeah it's like, exactly
1: okay. yeah and he was a he was a jokester, yep.
2: yeah I used to read constantly until yeah, and school just made me like I don't care if I ever pick up a book again, yeah because I've just got so sick of subject matter though mm-hmm. so, yeah, but now I'd love to read again, and my problem is finding a book that I actually want to read that is the hard part yeah. That's yeah, very, very that's hard. Yeah. <coughs> just talk, talk to my
4: wife. She's different messenger. She reads probably three or four books a week. She's hmm. always good enough. Really? Yeah. Wow. Loves to read. Either that or she just that's pretty cool. loves to tune me out. Hmm.
3: So,
2: that might be part of it. What do you
4: mean,
3: she? <laughs> That word's pronounced we, I think, not she. <laughs>
4: Sorry.
3: <clears throat> Sorry. I have a question for you guys, especially for the two women on the show.
4: Well, oh, yes. Okay. Break
3: mm-hmm. time. Um, <laughs> break time. Well, no, no, no. I want to get your take on it as well. Uh, a mother in northern Utah is pushing for changes to a middle school policy she, she says is bound to create, and a quote, another generation who feels that rape culture is completely normal. Dear Lord. Mm. Now, that's pretty severe, don't you think?
2: I think it's very severe, yes, okay. and it's inflammatory.
3: says here, Alicia Hobson says her daughter, Aslan, A-Z-L-Y-N, that'd be Aslan, or Aslan? Probably. Like the lion from Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Well, is that what it is? Aslan is King that Aslyn? lion? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: That's Aslan? Uh, Aslan
3: is Aslyn. a... It's
0: Aslan. It's Aslan. Is yeah. it Aslan
3: or Aslan? It's Aslan. Aslan. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Alicia Hobson says her daughter Aslin, a sixth grader at Lake Town's Ridge Middle School, came home angry after a Valentine's Day dance, complaining she was forced to partner with a boy who had previously made her feel uncomfortable. Aslin uh, said had refused Aslin had refused the uh, year old, the eleven year old, excuse me, the boys offered a dance, only to be told by Principal Kip Mota that no wasn't an option. The eleven year old tells the Salt Lake Tribune he was like, "You guys go dance. There's no saying no here." I just didn't like it at all. Hobson told Mata that her daughter always has the right to say no, while boys don't have the right to touch girls or make them dance with them. Wait, well, the, the boy didn't yeah, make her dance with them. The, the, the,
0: the principal, the principal See, did. Is... Yeah, so I'd be what... real pissed if this you happened know, it, to Fawn. What do you mean? I'd be so pissed if that happened to Fawn. I'd be pe- pissed at the principal. like. You can't tell my daughter to dance with somebody she doesn't want to dance with. No one should ever tell anybody to do anything. Like this sounds weird, but like physical with somebody they don't want to.
3: But what about if they could dance to Pennsylvania six five thousand?
0: Not even that. <laughs>
3: Do, 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 do. do you think it's pr- appropriate to bring up rape culture though around oh,
1: eleven no. year olds? Yeah, eleven year old boy. I don't know. No, think. I would never
0: be like the rape. This is rape culture and blah 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 blah. But I do agree with her that like she never. She should never feel pressured to do well, something she's not comfortable with or just doesn't want to do. You know, and well, principles- let's put it this. How about
2: this scenario? Okay, everybody's dancing the, you know, whatever a hokey pokey, I I <laughs> and about. all the kids are doing it, but one kid's being left out because everybody's picking yeah, on him anyway. Yeah. And yeah. so the teacher says, "Would you please go dance with whoever, whether it's a girl or a boy?" Um, you know, like she knows there's a nice kid that would do stuff, you know, for others. Is that too much pressure? Okay. Is that rape culture? No, there's a difference. I'm just asking. I'm just asking because it's gotten to the point where I don't know if we can discern which one is bad and which one's well, good.
0: the principal said there's no saying no here. Like, that's crossing a line. Like, asking, would you please go dance with this kid because they look like they want to dance? And if you say Could no... Could be perceived as pressure. But no, asking, just asking, like, oh, would you want to go dance with them? And if you say no, that's fine. Not, there's no saying no here. You need to dance with this kid. Like, that's really aggressive and ridiculous. There's
1: also, we're hearing this through an 11 year old girl, through her outraged mom, through the news.
0: Yeah, but I'm, yeah, I'm, just, happened, I'm just saying I if this is actually what happened, yes, I would consider it to yeah. be
3: Alright, well, here's how the, the Here's how the principal answers it. Mota tells KSTU that male and female students are asked to accept all invitations at school dance as part of a physical education curriculum in which students are taught various dance styles, For the Washington Post, so that no kids feel like they're left out. He adds students have avoided dancing with certain people in the past by communicating with him in advance, but Hobson counters that in life you get rejected all the time. No, you don't you get rejected all the time in life? Do you guys feel like you're rejected all the time?
0: Well, no, not really. Well, I mean, I, I mean, think it's a, you know, you, like, oh, the toothbrush I ha- wanted isn't on the mm-hmm. shelf. Like, if you're considering that a rejection, then maybe. Well, yeah. not a rejection. Uh,
2: let's say you're job hunting. You might go to 15 interviews, and Very before true. you get a second interview, that's being or rejected. like, dating, you get rejected.
0: I mean, not me. I never did, but...
3: Not <laughs> you, of course, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the principal then continued. Students need to get used to it and learn how to cope with their frustration. Oh, that was the mother that said that. Uh, then of course the principal did say we want to protect every child's right to be safe and comfortable at school, but we also believe that all children should be included. So if this kid was the only one's gonna be left out, I do understand something had to be done. I, I don't I don't know. I you just, can't force somebody to dance with somebody else, but you can't leave a kid out either.
0: Yeah, if there's there, like I said, there's a difference between like would you be interested in dancing with this kid? No, I don't want to. Oh, that's okay. And there's a difference between you need to go dance with this kid. There's no saying no. There's, I mean, you know.
3: Well, it's- once again, Doug Sprinthall and I have solved this problem within the next few months. When asked to dance, the kid could say or sing along, no, because I'm not lonely enough. <laughs> See, our not- song will serve... To help people around the globe. That's all I'm saying.
4: It's going to be great. We'll be able to retire on our hundreds.
3: Hundreds of dollars that we'll make from I'm Not Lonely Enough.
4: I got a question for you, Tom. I don't know if this was just a 60s thing or a New England thing, but in grade school, we did have dancing in uh, phys ed. And we learned square dancing, but also something evil called the Hawaiian jump rope. Did you are you familiar with that? No, no, no. What's that? So basically, you would have two. Uh, bamboo poles that were probably 10, 15 feet long, and you have a kid yep. holding oh, sure. yep. either one, and you, they'd play. And they always <laughs> played some wanky version of going to Kansas City, and they'd bang them on the floor twice and then tap them together oh, yeah. twice, and you had to jump mm-hmm. in and out. It was the weirdest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. Even when I was yeah, in third grade, that. I thought, this is the weirdest thing in the world. <laughs> But it was called the Hawaiian jump rope I
0: didn't know that that was called Hawaiian jump rope I'm sure
4: it's racist to call it a Hawaiian jump roping In this day and age But in 1965 it was completely acceptable In Lexington, Massachusetts Everything's
3: racist now Everything and everyone is racist, don't you know that?
4: The problem was the third graders Most of them didn't have any rhythm So they'd wind up screwing up And slamming them into your ankles
1: and stuff
3: (laughs) Very, very true You're absolutely right about that I don't know. Like I said, I, yeah, you shouldn't force people to dance with somebody they don't want to dance with, but but something needs to be done so the kid didn't feel left out and was the only one that didn't have anybody to dance with. But maybe the kid's a prick, so hell with
0: him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe that kid sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. That's <laughs> kind of how it goes sometimes. Just I don't how life dance is. With him. He's, sucks. How yeah, like... he's awful. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Some awful. kids do suck. Millhouse. Oh, my God. There was a yeah there's there's some little kids even that it's just like you're just not a nice person yeah. even though you're 4. You already suck. Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah, we only have about two minutes left in this hour. But uh, how about that poor kid in the safari park got eaten by the lion? What?
2: What? I didn't hear about that. Oh no!
3: They found his clothes and eventually found his skull.
2: What safari park? Uh, Yeah, what?
3: Pakistan teen had gone out to cut the grass for cattle fodder. A teenager in Pakistan who went out to cut grass for cattle fodder ended up being eaten by lions in a safari park. The remains of 17-year-old Muhammad Bilal were found Wednesday in the lion enclosure at Lahore Safari. Is it Lahore or Lahore? L a h o r e.
2: I I think it's Lahore. Yeah. The teen.
3: Yeah. Okay. The teen who lived in a nearby village and sometimes did odd jobs at the zoo disappeared Monday. We found clothes oh, in the lion yeah. enclosure, and then later came across his skull.
2: Wow, that's oh, terrible! Oh, Yikes. oh
3: man, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? You got a couple of lions coming after you.
2: Oh no,
4: I cannot. Well, how imagine. did they no. get, How did the lions get his clothes off? You
3: I think spit they just them ate through
2: yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. They just shredded it, probably. Yeah.
5: Eek
3: not something Yikes. i'd look forward That's
2: to it's terrible poor yeah. kid
3: we will take a break be back in about six seven minutes with hour two which is of course car selling secrets with, with special Spence, guest, Spence.
4: the mayor of south saint paul dr jimmy francis in studio
3: dr oh, jimmy now we're jimmy. talking we'll be back with the family